Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in today because we have a great guest. His name is Jeff Coleman. He is the associate pastor at Open Door Church in Maple Ridge, British Columbia. That's in Canada, for those of you that are not so geographically literate like myself. Uh, That's just outside of Vancouver, and he is our first international guest, which we are so excited to have him on today. He has experience uh, both in the nonprofit world and in the church ministry, and he also leads up uh, Ministry to Millennials, which we're really excited to talk about today. But before we jump into that, let's talk about our sponsors because our sponsors make this happen. In addition to you, our listeners, our subscribers, these sponsors are awesome. So let's talk about them for a second. The first one is WorkCamp NE. If you are in the market looking for a ministry that is going to be able to take your students and partner with them and take them into a community and really love on the people there, look up WorkCamp NE. That's W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P-N-E dot com because that is where you're going to find a lot of information about WorkCamp NE and what they do mostly in the New England area. But uh, they're starting to branch out to some different areas. Check out their website to learn a lot more about ways that you can get your students plugged in on an amazing mission trip. It's been fantastic for our students over the last several years. We've been going, I think, for nine years uh, to work camp NE, and it's been amazing for our students. So affordable, uh, practical, and and very much focused on the love of Jesus Christ and taking them, uh, taking that to the community where we're serving. So look up WorkCampNE.com. And our other sponsor is a combination sponsor between the National Network of Youth Ministries and Reach Youth New England. And all these uh, these organizations, both these organizations do are, are really focus on partnering with student ministers, youth workers, and connecting them together um, across the whole United States. Um, and, and especially in New England. So if you are uh, looking for other youth ministers to get connected with, you're like, you know what, I look around and I feel like I'm alone. Look up the National Network of Youth Ministers at youthworkers.net, and you can also look up reachyouthne.com as well, and uh, check them out and and get plugged in and uh, get connected with other youth workers. All right. Now, on to our interview with Jeff Coleman. Like I said, he's associate pastor at Open Door Church in Maple Ridge, British Columbia. He also leads up Millennial Ministry, and we're going to talk to him. So let's jump right in. Well, first of all, thanks so much, Jeff, for uh, for joining us today on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, for our listeners that have been tuning in for a while, they know that we, we kind of have this conversation based around three different questions. What's your story? What is God, you know, God doing in your ministry right now? And then what are some tips of, you know, wisdom that you picked up along the way? So let's jump right in and let's, let's figure out your story, Jeff. What's, what's God been doing in your life to bring you to the point you are now? Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess the beginning of my journey, uh, without going back to birth, I guess would, uh, would just be, you know, uh, coming out of, uh, went to Bible college, uh, felt called into ministry, the typical thing, going to Bible college, figure out what, uh, what, uh, ministry is all about, what, uh, what I need to learn in terms of, uh, figuring out the Bible and doing ministry. Graduated through that and then actually went into the nonprofit world for about, uh, six years. So totally different from, from anything to do with, with ministry. It was, uh, managing people, managing volunteers, 
which is similar to ministry actually. But sure. uh, so managing volunteers, managing product, managing uh, fundraising stuff. Uh, so totally uh, different from what I'd, I'd expected to do. Uh, and then about three, four years ago, my wife and I started to feel this nudge, this calling back into uh, into ministry. So I started looking around what was what was out there and uh, eventually ended up at my home church, the church where I grew up, uh, where my parents still went, uh, where my um, brother and his family all went. So uh, eventually ended up doing ministry there for, for a number of years. And uh, and found that those lessons that I had learned in nonprofit management about um, building up strategy and mm-hmm. and empowering volunteers and training volunteers and um, and getting to know uh, in in the nonprofit world it was getting to know your customer or your client but figuring out who these kids are who these youth are and what do they need most out of uh, out of me and out of the the volunteer team so there was there was a lot more lessons of uh, that we were able to transfer a lot more than I thought. Uh, so, uh, I was at that church for just about three years until a month ago when I, uh, moved to a church, um, that has zero youth. So yeah. we're, we're at the point now where we're, I, I'd kind of built up the program at the old church, uh, built it up from, from basically from scratch to, um, to a successful program, I guess you could say, to now moving on to this church where there's there's zero kids, wow. uh, and uh, and figuring out what what youth ministry and ministry in general looks like in a totally different context. So, wow. yeah, that's my journey right now. Wow, that's that's it's exciting. I'm sure. Like I know when I when I got to my current situation um, almost nine years ago, there there were hardly any youth here as well. Mm. And, and it's been cool to see what God has done over the years. So yeah. I'm sure it's going to be exciting for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you, people could get the, the wrong impression that it's a church full of gray hair. It's actually the opposite. It's, it's full of young families and kids that are about to be youth um, and a bunch of just aged out uh, before I got here. So, so there's a lot of uh, potential here, potential in the, the surrounding community, but um, yeah, it's an exciting place to be right now. Cool. Cool. So your ministry, what's, what's the, you know, you can talk about a little bit, um, your previous church as well, but Mm -hmm. what's it kind of look like now? I know you, um, you're the associate minister there at the church and I know you have another organization that you lead, um, as well with millennials. So, Mm -hmm. so what's all that look like? How does it all work together? Um, talk about your ministry. Yeah, I guess mostly I'll talk about, about what we did at, at the previous church. Um, because those are the lessons that are most uh, probably applicable right now. But uh, coming in, it really was a total blank slate, the ministry that I came into. It had, it had fallen apart from, from the days when I was a youth growing up there. Um, you know, it had been a, a place of um, a church of 300, but, you know, we'd have 100 kids on a Wednesday night when I was growing up. Um, so huge massively successful, massively popular, a really impactful youth ministry back in the day. Uh, and I came to a place that had seven kids that might show up some weeks. So uh, figuring out really what, like I said earlier, what those kids needed, what they wanted out of out of the ministry and what their families and, and uh, the church wanted this youth ministry to look like. So, so we really kept the program kind of going as it was while well, I set up some teams of, um, call them strategic leadership teams. So trying to figure out what, um, you know, what was the, 
the history of this ministry, what were we currently doing well, and where do we want to see ourselves in five years? Um, so we took a, like a six-month process, six-month journey together of, of looking 20 years back in the ministry all the way through to where we want to be in five years and what were the trends that we'd seen and, um, and then what were the goals that we wanted to, to have moving out of that. So that, that really became the, the, the document that we set up uh, after at the end of those six months really was the guiding principles for uh, everything we did in our ministry. So um, it was it was an intentional process of figuring out what do we want for our church kids? What do we want for our uh, kids in the community? We also had a school attached or the, the church has a school attached um, to the building. So what do we want for those alumni once they graduate out of um, you know, once they move on to high school, how to, what connection do we want to still have with them? Um, and then even globally, what impact do we want to have? So it was, it really did guide everything that we, that we did. So the, uh, the theme, I guess, the ethos of that document was all about creating an environment that was really, uh, welcoming and really, really, um, come as you are. And so we, we had, uh, some challenges in trying to mix our, our, church kids that go to Christian school and, and are raised in amazingly supportive Christian homes, mixing them with kids from the high school across the street that were in foster care or um, came from really tough situations at home or or just had um, no real um, uh, foundation, no real solid foundation at home. So mixing those two groups together became, became a challenge, a yeah. uh, good challenge to have, but... Um, so that's that's where we where we took our our ministry there, and and also building up and training the volunteer team that we had was was incredibly important because they were used to working with church kids, and all of a sudden we had a core of church kids, but mostly kids coming from from the this high school right across the street. So uh, training volunteers in in um, in especially t- letting them know you don't have to give the answer right away. Uh, let's let's build trust through this dialogue and through discussion and, yeah. and conversation, and eventually we might have a chance to speak uh, truth into the conversation. But especially with these uh, high school kids from really tough situations, uh, they just want a place where they can be heard mm. more than where they can be talked at. Right. Uh, so that was that was the foundation of the ministry that we set up there, and so it it moved from, from seven kids and grew rapidly over the three years um, to, to be a place where kids really felt at, at home, especially kids from the community felt that, that our church building was a place of refuge, which was cool. um, um, really satisfying, I guess, yeah. is a good word for it. That's cool. How yeah. did the, uh, the, the church kids, um, for the best word, <laughs> or lack of a be- better term, yeah. um, how did they react to that transition? Because I've been at other churches where we've tried to make that transition, and some of them kind of tried to get, you know, to leave, and they got kind of scared off, and their families are like, are you sure you want to yeah. bring in these other people? And I'm like, yes, this yeah. is who we need to reach. Um, but trying to mix those two were, were interesting. Yeah. That's why we're here, right? That's yeah. why we exist, is, <laughs> is for those other kids. Yeah. Um, for those people outside of our own walls, that's why we're that's why we're at church, but it was, it was really difficult. Um, they, it wasn't so much difficult in the terms of that. They didn't accept the kids. It was difficult in that they knew they, they had a different goal out of the midweek program, right? So the church kids wanted to dig into their faith Mm. and, and, uh, you know, they all 
mostly are all from very strong Christian homes. They mostly all go to Christian school. They could teach the Bible study themselves. Mm. They want like next level deep stuff. And the community kids that were coming needed Jesus 101. Mm. Um, So that was more the difficulty was trying to, trying to change a, a cultural mindset in the church of, well, then you haven't, you church kids have an opportunity to, to disciple these other kids, to be leaders of these, to these other kids, to show them who Jesus is, mm. um, didn't always work out that way. Yeah. So we, we actually, um, it was my biggest regret in my ministry there was that we set up a separate program for the church kids, um, instead of teaching them how to integrate with, with the, with the community kids. Uh, so then it kind of became an us and them gotcha. type of situation, wow. which, uh, wasn't, wasn't the purpose, you know, it's not the purpose of the kingdom of God to make an right. us versus them. It's, um, there's just us. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Cause I know a lot of, a lot of youth ministers that have got to that point where, you know, we need something for those, those church kids so they can continue to grow, but we got to continue to reaching out to the community and reaching new, new students as well. And mm-hmm. sometimes the logical choice is, Hey, let's, let's create a program for, for each group. But mm-hmm. that's a regret for you, huh? It is, uh, and and more, more because it it created that divide. Mm. It wasn't that you know. It's not that I don't want to teach those kids, those church kids, deeper biblical truths. It's it's just that it created that division that mm. never was able to be overcome. Yeah. Um. So, alternatively, I would have you know preferred. Well, let's have a once a month thing where anybody who wants to come and dig deep, you know, spend, spend all Sunday afternoon together mm. digging into a passage or digging, digging into a theme or walking through the chronology of the Bible or whatever the case, mm-hmm. um, that I, I would have much preferred that. Um, but at the time when we set up that separate program for the church kids, I didn't know that would be what the outcome was. Right. Um, probably should have foreseen it, but I didn't. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, hindsight, right? Yep. Oh, that's true. So, so you had a uh, so walk walk us through the, your your programming and everything. So you had the the midweek program that was eventually designed mostly for for new newer students. When was the other um, the other program that you instituted? When yeah, so happen? midweek the midweek when I first came on board, there was just the midweek Wednesday program, which was meant to be a mix of whoever wanted to show up. Mm-hmm. So it was church kids and their their friends. We were mostly all the church kids, um, and then a couple of high school kids that that had a connection to the church. Uh, but then those high school kids that had a connection to the church started inviting their friends, and uh, yeah, the Wednesday night then became primarily community focused. It, okay. it got um, identified as an as an outreach program. Uh, so then we had a Friday night um, program for the church kids, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and the interesting thing was that after about a year. On Friday nights, the kids from Wednesday who who were starting to to fall in love with Jesus would end up coming on Friday nights too. Mm. So then Friday nights became this mix still of <laughs> church kids and community kids, and so sometimes the church kids stopped coming to Friday nights too. Yeah. Um, but the the church kids still had Sunday morning. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was Wednesday night uh, outreach, Friday night uh, deeper Bible study, Sunday morning. Um, brief Bible study between our two services, okay, um, which was uh, entirely, obviously, church kids. Okay. All right. Cool. 
And so I don't want to overlook your, your other ministry that you got to millennials. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So uh, earlier this year, my wife and I really felt this uh, passion and this, this nudge to, um, to, to start teaching pastors and churches about the millennial generation. And, and you look um, you look at churches across North America, right? And there's, there's this gap of 20 to 35-year-olds that just aren't there. And that's always been a bit of an issue in churches. Uh, that's, that's kind of always been an age that steps away. Generally, once they have kids, they start coming back. Um, but millennials aren't coming back. So um, we, yeah, we feel very passionate and called into something a bit different of, of teaching pastors and, and, uh, and churches in general about the core values of who millennials are and why churches need to, to take note of those uh, values and, and who, what defines this generation. Uh, because without understanding them, you're never going to be able to communicate the gospel to them. And never going to be able to create a church environment that that actually draws them in and keeps their uh, their focus there. So, um, not necessarily about needing to change everything you do, but maybe tweaking uh, some things that churches do to to be more millennial friendly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, yeah um, I went to some different workshops here and there um, to to do that very same thing at our church and try to mm-hmm. reach millennials better. And I realized a lot of it's just it's just a different mindset change to, you know, think about them a lot more than you normally would because they might, you know, come at different uh, things a different way. And, uh, and you need to be able to, to put yourself as much as you can in the mind of, of a millennial so that you can, you know, begin to reach out to them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, recently I read a, a study that, that said, um, so churches might look and say, well, we have some millennials here. We have some young people that are still here. Uh, some have left, but some are still here. The ones that tend to stick around actually have a mindset and a, a, a cultural understanding closer to their own grandparents mm. than to their peers. So, um, so young people, millennials that stick in church, tend to think more like boomers mm. than like millennials. Uh, so they're comfortable in in the boomer focused church because they actually see the world as a boomer sees it, okay. which isn't a, a bad or, or a good thing. Right, it just is. Um, but it's difficult to reach to reach even their peers when they understand the world and look at the world in a, a totally different way right? Um, than their friends do. So That makes sense. Because I think yeah. one of the things that we've tried to do is, okay, we, we try to reach more millennials. Let's talk to millennials in our church. What do they like mm-hmm. and what they don't like? Well, we think things are pretty good here. Well, that would make sense because yeah. you know they're the ones that are connected already, and they're maybe thinking differently than your typical millennial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you think of uh, a missionary who goes into um, to a, a country they don't know, into a culture they don't know, culture that's foreign from them, the first thing they do is try to understand that culture um, for weeks or months or years before they speak Jesus into that culture. Right? They look for the places that that the gospel is already there mm-hmm. and they try to figure out ways that they can communicate that effectively to that foreign culture. Right. Well, the millennial, the post-Christian culture we live in is it's a foreign culture that we need to understand yeah. that we need to take the time and invest the time into to understand so that we can speak the gospel um, effectively right. to, to a new generation that, that is a, a foreign culture to the Christian culture. True. Great. So how do you guys do that? 
How is, what's the, I guess, uh, is it, you have come into a church and work with them or do you do workshops or how's that all work? Yeah, we do some workshops. So at, at conferences and, and things like that, we'll, we'll offer some, uh, workshops around the, mostly around understanding like a, a very basic level of who millennials are and why they think the way they do. There's actually very, um, logical, rational reasons why millennials value th- something like diversity of opinion and why they um, value something like um, uh, community. There's just the way they've grown up is the way that that they understand the world. So you can't blame them for understanding the world because that's just the only version they know. Right. Uh, so going in teaching workshops like that, uh, there's there's also um, some consulting work that we do with churches where we uh, can take a church uh, through a whole weekend of in, including some focus groups, including some some seminars. Uh, including some work groups, uh, and then coming out with an actionable report so they can can take some next steps into becoming more millennial friendly. Um, and then we've written some some curriculum too that's that's on Download Youth Ministry okay. uh, right now. So it's 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 either for youth or for young adults, uh, millennials as well. Um, and then we've also just got free resources that we love to give away um, from our website too. So. Cool. Uh, people grab those if they want. Awesome. So we'll we'll talk about you know plugging where you are and everything. Yeah, later, yeah. But uh, but that's that's awesome. So you've gotten so much experience, um, you know, from the nonprofit world and from you know years in the church, but also now this new new venture, um, working with other churches and and everything, helping them out. Uh, what's some bits of wisdom that you'd like to share? You've shared some some already uh, from you know maybe trying to mix the students instead of trying to split them up. Um, what are some other you know pieces of wisdom that you've picked up through the years that you think other youth leaders could really benefit from? Yeah. You know, I, I think I approach youth ministry in a different way than a lot of people do. And, and part of that's just my, my background in, in the nonprofit mm-hmm. uh, uh, world before I went into ministry. So, um, a lot of us don't like the administrative stuff. Maybe <laughs> this is cliche, but uh, uh, that was like my jam. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that I, that I love to do. And the better, um, the the more effective strategy I had, the better I could relate to the kids. So as I created, or as as we as a team created strategy and focus together, uh, the more that would release me to build relationships with mm. with the teenagers that I was there to serve. So um, I would just say, don't neglect that stuff. Read up on on strategy in in the business world, in the nonprofit world, in the ministry world, um, so that you can can know exactly where you're going, exactly where um, God's called your ministry to. Mm-hmm. And you might have a, 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 an inkling of what that is, or um, God may be revealing some of that to you bit by bit. But when you lean into it and write it down and, and have that as the guide of everything that you do, um, it makes your ministry that much more powerful and, and impactful in kids' lives. So. Cool. Uh, yeah, get a strategy going. That's cool. That's great. I think a lot of times, um, you know, stereotypes about about youth ministers. You know, we just go in because we like to play games and have fun. Um, but I'm finding more and more youth leaders that are that are going in it because they're serious about really changing the lives of the next generation, and and that's huge. You know, if you have yeah. a, a strategy to go in, you're not just going, okay, we're just going to hang out and do whatever, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. But if you really analyze, okay, this is our situation, and this is what we feel that God is really calling us to do to reach the next generation in this community, and then, you know, develop a plan to go do it. Um, 
I think it that's going to help so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Mark DeVries from uh, written a bunch of books, Sustainable Youth Ministry, mm-hmm. uh, family based. Uh, youth ministry. He says, um, I'm paraphrasing him here, but he, he basically says, uh, "There's a great word for for somebody that's super energetic and spontaneous and a lot of fun uh, to be around. Uh, there's a, there's a word for those people in youth ministry, and it's called volunteer. <laughs> uh, our job, our our sacred task, really, as as youth workers and those who get called to work with teenagers, is is building the structure and the strategy to make mm-hmm. sure that we can uh, make it fun, make it entertaining, but make it powerful for, for the kids. And right. we're not called into pizza parties. We're called into <laughs> changing lives for Jesus. So, yeah. um, that's great. Cool. Uh, any other tips or anything? I think that's it. That's it. Right. That one's just so, so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that. It is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say build a strategy and then build a team ah, and yes. train your team. We had some some kids that were um, amazing but challenging. Hmm. We had we had kids that were dealing with issues that we had no idea how to deal with, that I had no idea how to deal with. And so um, it wasn't also just about me knowing all all things. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know enough about cutting, so we brought in a we brought in a psychologist to, and we're not a huge church. We weren't a huge church, but bringing in a psychologist to teach our volunteers and, and anyone else who wanted to learn about what is cutting. Um, and then training them on any other issue that, that you, that they feel they need to learn more about, Mm. um, and giving them a voice in what that training is all about. So, um, again, our, our, our role, our job is, is, building up those people to lean into their calling of, mm-hmm. of volunteering with kids too. It's not just about my calling to impact kids. Right. Um, so train them enough that they can live into that calling fully. Yeah. I think that's, that's one of the things I'm constantly learning more and more about, but you know, I felt called in youth ministry because I like many people love hanging out with kids and yeah, totally. want to help them you know, understand more about Jesus. But yeah, the more and more God teaches me, he's like, Hey, I want you to spend more time with me yourself and then yeah. pouring into the other leaders and the parents and make sure they're equipped as much as possible. And, and it's so, it's the most of my mind shifts, you know, mind shift because like, that's not what I necessarily thought I was getting myself into, but, yeah. but the more I do it, the more I do really enjoy it as well. Yeah. So that's been really cool. And that was such an advantage that I didn't know I had was when I didn't go into ministry right out of Bible college and had a chance to grow up, Mm. (laughs) um, which sounds negative and sounds bad. But I'm only speaking of myself personally. Looking back, I was not ready. Mm. I thought I was. I thought I was mature enough. Um, But if you had given, you know, 20 year old me a bunch of kids from the community that were cutting um, and all from broken homes and foster homes and and kids whose parents had committed suicide, I, I would have burned out and been no mm-hmm. use to anyone. Mm-hmm. And it was still really difficult even seven years later. Sure. Um, but I'd grown up, right. uh, become a dad, stuff like that, mm-hmm. that, that just gave me a broader perspective where I could, um, could be so much more useful to these kids mm-hmm. now that I'd had a bit more life experience. So right. If you if you graduate from Bible college and don't find a job right away in youth ministry, it's not the end of the world. Use it effectively. Use that time to season yourself and mature and grow. Mm. And then eventually you might get called back, yeah. just like I was. Cool. That's great. 
No, that's really good for especially because I talk to a lot of student ministers who or want to be student ministers who are fresh out of college and and kind of get them upset because they can't find a job right away. But you know, it's not the end of the world, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's you know, go get some more experience and and mature, and you know, God's going to open the door at some point. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, where can people find you and your ministry and more about um, your what you do and everything um, online? Yeah, I guess the best place is uh, to head to millennialministry.net. Okay. Uh, millennialministry.net. Uh, a pop-up's going to show up like 10 seconds in. <laughs> if you want to get some free stuff, we got a, um, an Engage Millennials worksheet that's really a, a step one in figuring out how your church um, is, is millennial friendly or not. So you can evaluate yourself uh, based on some core values that we define there. Um, and seeing where your strengths already are as a church and where you, some of your weaknesses are, um, and then figuring out where you can uh, grow based on those strengths and hopefully pull up some of those weaknesses too. So there's uh, that, and then just some other information about who we are at, at Millennial Ministry and what we do and how we love to help churches. Cool. That'd be awesome. So definitely make sure you check that out. Uh, thanks again for, for joining us. And um, yeah, anything else you'd like to share before we close out? Uh, Canada's awesome. Canada's <laughs> awesome. Thanks for being our first international uh, guest, actually. So we Absolutely. had a, someone on last month from uh, from an international church, but but still in in the United States. But this is you're our first international guest. So right. I don't even think I said a. Did I? <laughs> I did not hear it actually. No. Yeah, probably not. There was there was a couple of boots here and Aboots, there, but yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but no a. Hockey yeah. season's about to start. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much, and uh, may God bless your ministry. All right. Thank you. You too. Once again, be sure to check out Jeff's stuff, especially this millennialministry.net. I really believe it's going to be an excellent resource in how we reach the next generation. If your church has been struggling, like a lot of churches do, with reaching this next generation, make sure you check out millennialministry.net and all these other places where you can check out stuff from Jeff Coleman online. Also, thanks so much to our sponsors, WorkCamp NE. National Network of Youth Ministries, and Reach Youth New England. Thank you so much for your sponsorship. Uh, Without you, a lot of this couldn't happen. And so we are so grateful for your sponsorship. You, listeners, uh, if you are not checking out Work Camp Indy, if you're not checking out the National Network of Youth Ministries, if you're not checked out uh, Reach Youth New England, be sure to head to their websites and and check them out. All the information is going to be in our show notes on my website, but also on studentministry.podbean.com, the show website, and uh, and all your you know, descriptions and everything um, on all the different podcatchers and everything. Speaking of that, if you have not subscribed yet, be sure to subscribe. That way, every month, you will get the episode just down loaded to your device, your computer, your phone, whatever you listen to these podcasts through, and it just be taken right to your device automatically. We usually try to target the top of the month, but you know, some things happen sometimes, but usually the top of the month, we'll have another podcast for you, another interview with another youth worker, and uh, if you subscribe, it's going to be delivered right to you. Also, be sure to share this with other people. Like, if you know another youth worker, youth minister, um, that really could benefit from these conversations and the wisdom that are shared that is shared from these youth workers, be sure to share that with them. And finally, be sure to leave a comment. We love comments. In fact, the more comments that we get, especially the positive ones, but uh, as more comments that we get on iTunes and stuff like that, 
the more this podcast can rise up to the top and be visible. And so a lot of this depends on you. If you uh, if you like what you hear, be sure to leave a positive comment. That'd be awesome. And be sure to get in contact with me. If you have someone, you're like, man, this person needs to be on this podcast contact me. You can contact me in one of two different ways. You can contact me on Twitter. Um, my name is at Steve Cullum on there, S-T-E-V-E-C-U-L-L-U-M. You can contact me on Twitter. That's fine. Or you can also send us an email. We have an email address for the podcast. That's just studentministrypodcast at gmail.com, studentministrypodcast at gmail.com. And you can send me a longer thing than you could send, you know, in the so many characters in Twitter. Uh, but we want to just thank you so much for tuning in once again. And may God bless your ministry to students and families. Mm-hmm.